You'd be surprised by how many interesting people live in your neighborhood if you just took a moment to stop and engage with a couple of them. In my case, however, my next guest is an interesting neighbor who almost ran me over when we first met. Lewis Cruz is a children's book and graphic novel author with some unique barriers he's had to overcome in life and roll on over all those barriers he absolutely has. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's take this journey with Lewis Cruz through self-discovery. Okay, so my man Lou, yes, bro, sir. listen, listen. I have been enthralled with you since you told me about your first book, and uh, thank you. I first off, let me introduce you properly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My son Lou, author that I had the privilege of meeting. Um, who I want you to just kind of introduce yourself as as who you are, bro. <laughs> I'm uh, Louis Cruz. I'm a author, published author, comic book writer. Published also, and uh, physically disabled. I write, draw, and type with my mouth, and uh, that's pretty much. And pretty much it. I'm in a wheelchair, but I can walk, and I'll tell you a little bit about that later on. Which was a surprise to me, to be honest. Yes. I never knew that. I always just was like, "Oh, he's in a wheelchair. That's just life." But not, bro. I wasn't always able to walk. Really? Yeah. But you also always weren't in a wheelchair. I was always in a wheelchair. Oh, you were always in a wheelchair. Yeah. Okay. Until and then I was you... uh, eight. Eight. Wow. Um, when I was eight years old, I, I did a surgery because I used to be able to just stand only. Okay. And it was painful. My knees were bent in. And they did a surgery to straighten out my knee after I got into a car accident wow. with my grandparents. When they opened the back of the station wagon, you know, back in the 70s, Station wagons were like a big playpen in the back. <laughs> when they opened the back, I came out walking. What? Never looked back after that. What? And then they did a surgery to, to help reinforce it. Yeah. That's amazing, yeah. bro. That's crazy. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a wild way for that to happen, but yeah. that's crazy. And then my father used to make me walk on the sand for balance, make me get in the beach for For like the for strength balance, and balance, strength, yep. Yeah. All wow. That. But I never used, to, uh, never used to walk. And every time I get in a car, I always say, if a car made me walk, then a car could take it back. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm always a little... <laughs> so you're a little iffy again, back yeah. in the car again. It's like, I don't know. Exactly. It gave me a good shot once. Maybe not, maybe not test that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, and I thank my doctors. You know, they, they were there all the time. And they had, you know, they told my... Because when I was born, they told my mother I wouldn't amount to anything. That I would be dead by three years old. That's wild. That um, leave me in the hospital, let them amputate my legs, my arms, because I wouldn't have any use for them. And to leave me in the hospital, because they were young. My mother was 18, my father was 17. Wow. So, you know, they, they told her, leave me in the hospital, because he ain't gonna, it's just gonna slow you down. But my mother, you know, a mother's love is true. Exactly. My father also, so, I think yeah. she, they decided to keep me in. As they should, yeah, man. I'm thankful today. you're here, bro, because yeah. it's, it's some amazing stuff you pulled off. Thank like, you, I just, I'm, I'm like, especially the fact, like, you, you alluded to earlier, and I'm sure people who can't see because we're just an audio show, you know right. what I'm saying, are like, wait, he draws with his, his mouth? He yeah. writes with his mouth? But um, that's really what you do. You're, you're a published author. Yes. I've seen your, your sketches that you send out to yes. people for your comic books. So how did, what was that like developing that process? I know you probably started really young. No, I, my doctor, I wanted to be a cop. Wow. And my doctor, when I was about 11, and my doctor was like, no, that's out of the question. You, your hands aren't, you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I have arthrogryposis. Okay. Arthrogryposis is Greek for a curvature of the joints and muscles. Mm. So if you were to look at my right hand, it's holding up the crib symbol all day. <laughs> Caesar Gang, son. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, so, so you have a choice. You was born into the yeah, streets. Yeah, I was born into gang, yeah. <laughs> and um, so, 
he told me, you know, to, um, you know, develop something else. So I, I like writing. I like feeling that power where you can create and mm -hmm. you can kill, just like God. So I got that God complex. It's a powerful place to be, yes. bro. It really is. And then I, I had the privilege of meeting Dennis O'Neill, may he rest in peace, editor of Batman DC Comics. Okay. And he told me the truth also. He said, you know, I was about 18. He said, your drawing takes too long. Stick to the sketching in case the artist doesn't want to, doesn't know. But your writing is excellent. Yeah. Develop the stories you have. And that's what I did. I wrote a sci-fi book called The Day They Made Contact. I wrote another illustrated book called uh, Fuel of Life. I was hired by an independent publisher, comic book-wise, uh, called Art Comics. And I did another one, Werewolf vs. Zombies, also. Oh, I think it's right, right yeah. here. So also for people who can't see, right, yeah. I'm sitting in Lou's sanctuary, bro. Like, if you guys could look around, it's like walking into a comic book store, like a Toys R Us. He's got Star Wars stuff everywhere, which everybody knows I'm not a big fan of Star Wars. But he's also got dope DC and Marvel stuff lying around and some independence. Yes. Like, this is a dream. <laughs> this is what I do. I collect. And, and it's even more amazing because not only do you collect, but like your pieces are on this wall too because yes. you create, you know? So like, what was the inspiration behind, like let's say Fuel of Life that I'm looking at right now, which you guys definitely got to Google it because the cover will obviously come up. Um, it's like a gargoyle vampire sticking his tongue around a woman that sounded way more sexual than it was supposed to be. I promise you it's a little more comic booky. <laughs> I um, All my stories come out of a question. So okay. the fuel of life came out of a question. What if vampires came, but they're not here for blood, to oh. drink the blood? They're here. The vampires in my story are aliens who take our blood, but it's not to nourish themselves. It's to fuel their ship. So <laughs> our blood is their fuel. Yeah. So we're just fuel. We're not even food, bro. No, that's crazy. That's dark. We're that's just mad dark. Because they, they don't even stranded. need to fuel their ships, right. bro. Like, they came here for no reason. <laughs> and, they got, and they got stranded here. They wow. got stranded here, and they, you know, we killed them off or whatever, but that's all they wanted, just to leave again. And they couldn't. So what, are, what would you say are some of, like, your favorite type of stories to read? The stories that have a twist okay. at the end. That it leads you up to a certain point, but then... The ending throws you off like, oh, wow, wait, where did that come from? Like, one of my favorite writers is, uh, and he does movies, M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> where he, he, he leads you up to a yeah. certain point and he makes you believe all this, but then at the end he just, he just takes you left slaps field. you in the face. Like, <laughs> it's not right, you know? Like, wait, what? Yeah, I mean, it, it can be a hit or miss thing, yes. right? Like, it doesn't always work, no. but when it does work, it's absolutely... Like he did it with uh, The Village. Yeah, he The did... Village is one where I was like, I don't know if that worked. Like, I didn't love it. I didn't love I, the it, twist that much. It was you know what I'm interesting, because yeah. everybody thinks it was back at that time, but... Right, but it's it, not. No, it's, it's, it's now, time. yeah. And then um, um, I See Dead People, whatever the hell that movie was. The yes, Sixth The Sixth Sense. That one. Yes. Like, that one. Listen. Now, imagine being handicapped. That going one. To he the killed theater, it. <laughs> going to the theater, watching that, and not being able to, like, put your head on your forehead, because everybody else in the movie slapped their forehead. I couldn't do that. I was just like, what the hell happened? <laughs> Yo. That's a game changer. Yeah. Man. Yeah, no, one of my... Uh, I'm, I'm very big on movies with a twist and stories with a twist, like... As far as movies go, one of my favorites is Shutter Island. Like, I've if never caught that. Oh, man, you got to see Shutter yeah. Island, bro. That's, that movie has such a twist, bro. It's crazy. Amazing. Um, and then I also love, like, twists in, like, anime. You know, uh, I don't know if you've seen, like, let's say, like, Death Note or uh, Attack on Titan. Like, I've seen bits of them. Man, you got to get on it. You got to get on it. <laughs> So what are you what are you engaging with now? Like what's what's something that you've been keeping up with nowadays? Stranger Things. Oh, you're a Stranger Things fan. See how that's that that also has a twist. Yeah. I don't like Stranger Things. You don't I like think Stranger it has things. to do with like a lot of the stuff from the eighties I don't like. Wow. Yeah, like I don't like Star Wars. See, I don't I'm like a, Star Trek. I'm a Trek. product of the eighties. I was yeah, born in exactly. the seventies, so Right, you know, so you, you kicked it back then, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So for you it survived, but for me it's exactly. like I don't know. 
I, I feel where you guys were going with it, but it's like, it missed. <laughs> and I, I also watch, uh, <clears throat> I finished watching not too long ago, well, a while ago, Mayor of Kingston. Mmm. Gangster. Yeah. That was awesome. That joint was fire. Absolutely. Was awesome. I wanted to call myself the mayor of Sedgwick after that. <laughs> mayor of Sedgwick. The mayor of Sedgwick. You can pull it off. Yeah, you can pull it off. I think you got a mayoral vibe to you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And you got just the right amount of torturous ideas too. Yeah. So like you know you could you bring the hammer down when necessary. <laughs> I um right now I'm in the I'm in the process of watching Obi-Wan. Okay, so that makes sense. Obi-Wan and my brother put me on to Evil. Evil, oh, that show is amazing. Yeah, I'm gonna probably catch up on it this weekend. Wow, that one ended up that. I mean, the second season, I feel like it maybe maybe took a weird twist, or like towards the end, it took a little weird. But overall, fire. What Definitely about the fire. offer? You didn't watch the offer? I didn't see the offer yet. It's it's like how the Godfather was made and how gangsters were involved. Really? That's why you never hear the word gangster or mob in the, the movie. Ha! That's funny. I have been listening to. The Sammy the Bull podcast. Okay. Um, uh, it's called Our Thing. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm like 50 or 60 episodes in already. Really? Bro, it's amazing. Like literally just going for a stroll, you out, out and about in the sun and you're just listening to these old mobster stories and it's like, wow, it's crazy that you were really the first industry snitch. Like you were really the big first snitch, you know what I'm saying? So you could capitalize on this because you already did this. Yeah. So you're not going to get in trouble for none of these stories. No. He's... So he's eating the market because he's telling stories about everything, like literally everything. And it's like, wow, It'll what a way to, to live. Him. It'll catch up to him. What a way to live. <laughs> It'll catch up to him. Man, so right now, what are you working on? I'm working on a children's story for Halloween. Okay. I call it Fright Center. Nice. And the people, I did a podcast not so long ago where they asked me, how is it that you can write for children scary? But when I worked with children, I asked them how many of them watched The Walking Dead. My kids were between the ages of, uh, what, eight to 10? Wow. And I had 20 kids, seven to 10, and I had 20 kids. And out of the 20, a good 17 raised their hands and they watched. The right. Walking Dead. So if they can watch The Walking Dead. They can read a book. They can read a, a little children's book that's within their same age range. You know, it's got pictures. It's not. Yeah. There's no cursing. There's no. It's not going to be super yeah. gruesome. No, that, that's another thing. I don't like putting <clears throat> curses in my books, in my stories right. at all. Now, you, you alluded to it earlier. So I'm going to dive a little deeper, right? Like, part of your part of your story hooks is that you write stories for people like you, people who suffer some sort of handicap. I put handicapped people in it. How do you blend that? I put handicapped people in it. Um, for example, I, I, I'm in the process of writing a story and I, I procrastinate with it because I know it's going to be, for me, it's going to be epic. Mm -hmm. And it's a fantasy story. And the story is that this kid was born in another realm. He was a king, prince. He was cursed as he made the transition from that world to this world, a wizard cursed him as he went through the war, through the warp. The warp, though, is basically a woman in our, in our universe gave birth to him, and he's mm. handicapped. But he's handicapped in this world. Not when, in the world he comes when from. When they go and get him again, he's not handicapped in that world. Wow. He's physically normal. And he's going to figure out that he can do things, he can walk, he's... His best friend was a female Bigfoot. Wow. You know? Yeah. So That's going to be fascinating. Yeah. So what are your, what are your thoughts on that, like representation-wise? Because I feel like sometimes when you see handicap, um, and it's interesting because I'm watching this show called The Good Doctor, which is about an autistic that. surgeon. Yes. Right. So like watching this show, I just keep thinking like, wow, so many other shows that have portrayed like mental handicaps or physical handicaps, <clears throat> they usually just use that character as like a crutch for something. Like you're a catalyst to something right. as opposed to being the character who's dealing with all this. So like, how do you, how do you write stories that can encompass that? I, I don't know. I, I guess because I am handicapped. So it's easier for me to right, you live write it. about it. I mean, I live it. Yeah. I live it, and, I, and people that don't live it, I don't like when they write it, because like you said, they, they're just using it as a crutch. They don't know what it's like right. to be in a wheelchair. 
You know, but then again, some handicapped people, I feel that they, if somebody's being kind to you, take it. Don't be rude to them. Don't be, you know, don't, don't be, excuse my language, don't be an asshole. Yeah. You know, don't, I've seen handicapped people get offered to help them and they bark at them, you know, they, 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 oh no, get away from me, whatever. No, they're trying to help you, you know, stay, you know, stay humble. Now, do you think that that is a difference between people who became handicapped and people who were born handicapped? I feel bad for the people who became handicapped because of an accident or whatever, right. because they have to adjust to being that way. Whereas I'm handicapped, and if God came down one right now and asked me, my bad, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to make you physically normal, I would tell him, don't do it. Really? Yeah, because I enjoy being the way I am. I think if I wasn't like this, who knows what I would be, where I would be, six feet under, you know what I'm wow. saying? I don't know where I, what would happen. You know, I, I really enjoy being handicapped. You get away with a lot. <laughs> there free, it is. He said parking, it, official. <laughs> free parking. Free parking. Head of the handicap line. Handicap play, head of the line. Head of the line. Come on, bro. If it gets real bad, they even give you free shit. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly. Exactly, exactly. Listen, I do stand-up comedy from a sitting down point of view. I, <laughs> I talk about handicapped people all day, you know, and it doesn't matter what handicap it is. Like people with Parkinson's, why don't they get hired at, you know, at a, at a bar? They can shake the shit out your drink, <laughs> you know? You know what I'm saying? It's, I don't understand. It's dealing with real life, and it's something that I'm glad you say because... For me, I've always felt that way about all the different like people, right? Like there's all sorts, there's the, there's the gay pride side of things, right? Which like, I love all my gay friends, but also like there's gonna be a limit to this stuff that you do that I'm gonna entertain. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, it, so far. we gotta understand that at a, at a certain point, there's like a societal norm and then there's like little pockets of different norms. And that's yes. cool, do that. But when we like addressing things as a society, Nah, bro, we operating under this umbrella of life. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Um, so it's big for me, especially, you know, as, as a writer, I, I do think about things like that. Like, I caution myself when I'm like, all right, I want this character to be this. Right? Like, I just finished writing a script about a hospital where um, it's just about the waiting room, but ultimately, like, it's the waiting room where it doesn't really matter what anybody has. We all in this shit together. Like, <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? You got cancer, you sit in three chairs for me, bro. I got a broken arm and we all waiting in line, right? So like the conversations that happen there, the camaraderie that builds, um, <clears throat> especially at like a, a clinic where people go there regularly, right? So I like to try to include as much as possible, but I also try to be respectful in the fact that like, I don't live this, bro. I don't know what your life is really like. I'm just making my best guesses at the complaints. Right. So what would your advice be to, let's say writers specifically, right? Like if you are writing things that you are not, in this case, handicapped, what would you advise them on? Something I read, uh, I read a quote, I believe it was Stephen King. At, oh. I think it was my favorite writer, Isaac Asimov, where write what you know. Mm -hmm. Write what you know, write what you understand. Research. And then just write it. You know, don't, don't, don't change whatever you write till after you're done. Okay. Just let it, just write it out because once you start making changes, you're gonna lose what you had planned out to write. You know, like if you're the type to write a chapter and then you're going to go over that chapter and read it, you might forget what you have planned for the second chapter. Right. Like me, for example, whenever I write a chapter and I'm done, I'm like, I don't stop writing until I write a chapter. So if I write a chapter, I'm going to write notes for the second chapter. Gotcha. This is what's going to happen in this chapter. It could be a paragraph. It could be bullets. You know, stuff like that. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't. And there's only so much you could tell a writer how to write because each one will write the way they feel comfortable. Right. Like, I like writing at night. I write from maybe 12 to 3 in the morning. You are crazy. I am fully asleep. Nah. <laughs> nah, nah. It depends, For you know? the dog is in bed too, bro. Like, we are out for the night. And, and, if, and, if, and if I'm really excited about the story that I want to get it like to the fifth chapter to get it off, the next morning, as soon as I wake up, I'm straight back to, to it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Before I come outside or something. So now the flip side of that question, right? As a handicapped person, 
What gives you the right to write on behalf of us that are not? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> how do you, but seriously, how do you do it? I watch ya. Okay. I watch ya and I think ya, I'm sorry to say this. Say it, say it. Ya backwards. <laughs> say it again for the people in the back. You are yeah. backwards. <laughs> you are backwards because if, if you're, if you're in an outside and your park outside your building has three different ways to get in, why must you jump a gate? Why must you go over the gate to get to the park? You have four ways to get into the park. What is wrong with y'all? What is, and then you, 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 you're going to run to catch a bus. There's another one coming. You know, this. And then you can see it. It's like at the other stop. It's literally right there. It's literally right there. Stop away. You know, but you want to run to that bus and then he's going to slam the door on you and that's it. It's over. Yeah. And you're going to be like, damn. You get mad at that bus driver because he let you, you ran all that crap just to say, no, y'all yeah, yeah, some funny people. I don't know who's handicapped because I always had this thing where you could put 10 physically normal people on a wall and you can ask them, how do you write? And you will say with your right, with your right or your left arm. Yep. Right? With your right or left hand. You put 10 handicapped people. They will say with their hand, their right hand, their left hand, their mouth, their feet, with a helmet on. So who's really the handicapped one? Is it us or you guys that work for us? Because <laughs> your taxes come to us. <laughs> I got a brand new wheelchair to prove that. <laughs> It's such a valid perspective, though, because it's, it's, it's something to think about because, right, it's like when you think about immigration, right, like those people, they have a skill set we don't, right out the gate. Yes. Y'all speak both languages. You already got us beat, you know what I'm saying? Like, even if you only speak a little bit of English, you speak more English than most Americans speak Spanish or French or Haitian or whatever it might be. So in that same vein, like, yeah, somebody who has to use sign language or who has to write with their foot like that's a whole other skill set. Yeah. That you, nah, not a single person I know that's not handicapped career with their foot. I oh. can't write with my feet. I know that for sure. And I've seen like, them on video. <laughs> I've seen them on I videos. can't write with my mouth. I tried. Uh, After you told me you could do it, I was like, Listen, well, that can't be that hard then. The, <laughs> the first show I ever did, I was promoting posters for my characters. And I, this kid came up to me, asked me, can I sign one? And I signed it. Give it him. Yeah, I signed it. Another person came by the, by the third person. I looked up. There was 30, 40 people lined up. Not only did they want to see the character, but they were curious of how I write. Yep. My script is amazing. Women love me. <laughs> so my script is amazing. So wow. I, I can't write script either. That's funny. No? I also, you know what's really, really sad? You know funny? I can't write script in my hand, but I can write script in my mouth. What's really sad is most people can't read my handwriting at all. So, like, <laughs> that's already problematic. I got two hands, and neither one of them write properly. Let me, let, let me ask you a question. When you write, you write straight to keyboard? Um, when I'm writing, if I'm writing a story, usually what ends up happening is I'll start outlining on my phone. And then from the phone, I'll go to the laptop. Um, if I'm in front of a notebook, though, I've noticed, like, if I'm in front of a piece of paper and a pen, I'll grab that first. And then I'll end up moving those details to my phone and then finish the process that way. Yeah. But it's just having your phone on you everywhere is just so convenient. Like yeah. anywhere I go, I could just disappear from wherever I'm at and go to a whole new world. Cause like when I'm writing, I'm in, I'm over there, bro. I'm not here with y'all no more. I'm there. Yeah, world, I'm yeah. in that world, bro. Like I'm in that world observing what's happening. Even though I'm making it up as it goes along, I'm watching. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you what parts of this world I'm, I want you to see. Now, do you live in that world before you write it? Um, that's an interesting question. I don't, I feel like I live in the world as long as the idea exists. So from the moment the idea pops up until it ends, I can go in and out of that space. You know what I'm saying? But like, it doesn't matter if I'm still writing. It doesn't matter if, I, if, if like it's done written. Like until I say, okay, this is ready for me to do something else with it now. Like, I can just keep going in and out of that space and, like, adding elements and taking stuff out. Like, it's, yeah. See, I, I, I can't write on a keyboard for nothing. On, a, on my phone or on my tablet, I write an outline or an idea. Yeah. And then stretch that out into an outline. 
But to sit there and write a story, no. And, wow. and it's funny because you could even talk to it. I feel like an idiot talking to myself. So what I do is I, I write on notebook paper and then I transfer that into a tablet or whatever. And then as I'm writing it, I edit it. Whereas yeah. I take out a scene or I add a scene. And as far as living in the world, I have to live. Before I write a story, it has to stay in my mind for a month. I have to know the beginning, the middle, and the end. In my mind, I have to. See, like you see me outside, sometimes I'm dazed off. It's because I'm in there already, yeah. just thinking, you know. This That'd is... be me when I walk. Like, yeah. I got, like sometimes I got to be a little extra careful because, like, I'll be, I'd literally just be walking and I'm not even here. Because you're in that yeah, world. Yeah, I'm just there, like, yeah. thinking so hard that I, I just be walking through lights and just, like, on the move, bro. Like, I know my brain knows where I'm trying to get to and it's like, we can do that as a side quest and focus on writing this story at the same time. <laughs> And watch when you cross the street. Yeah, exactly. Like, there'd be moments where I look up, I'm like, yo, that was God. Because I didn't stop me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was, it was, yeah. Yeah, that was God for sure. Because I had zero intentions on stuff. I didn't even know we were here right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah, sometimes I do that. And it's, and I love being by myself sometimes outside because you could, you could, um, you can do it. Yeah, it's, you live yeah. in your mind. You live in, like, outside, there's my next story. There's a bird. For those of you that don't know, Vega lives literally across the street from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in front of your building, there's a bird that stands in that corner every year for the last six, seven years. I don't know if it's the uh, same bird. What? I don't know. But he sits there. And to me, I feel like that's, hate to say it, a guardian angel. Nice. Because he sits there. And he just watches me. And you can tell he's watching you because of the side and whatever. And he'll fly down and he'll stand next to me. And then he'll go back up. I don't know what the hell it is. That's your pet, bro. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what but, was the name from? What was the name of the, the owl in, in Harry Potter? Oh, man. <laughs> That's your version of that man. shit, bro. You but just got to feed him me. some bread every now and then. You're going to be straight, bro. He just, yo. Start giving him bread. He's going to start bringing I'm you dollars from, like all, from around angel. the block. <laughs> I just look at him like my guardian angel because I look for him now. And I don't know if it's the same bird. Yeah. Could be two different ones. I don't know, but it looks the same to me. So my next story that I want to write is a handicapped kid sitting in the corner like I do, right? That bird is keeping an eye on him. And like the first sentence is, see that kid? He probably thinks I'm his guardian angel and I'm not. I'm just a bird. <laughs> and he's pointing at me. He's pointing right pointing at, at you. I'm taking my friends. That bird is always there, you know? My guardian angel. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's going to be about the pandemic, how this kid gets sick, the bird worries, sends out signals to the other animals, you know, what's, what's going on with humans because they hardly see them in the street. Remember that year that you hardly saw anybody in the street? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to go back to that, touch on that. That's fire. A yeah. story about the pandemic, yeah. but like Using the animals. city animals yeah. perspective. Because yeah. you're right, it was different. It was a yeah, whole... You'll like ask a dog, you know, my neighbor's dog or whatever. You know, that would be on. crazy. Yeah. Be Are you going to do it as a children's book or as an adult book? I want to... You ever heard... You, I know you've seen it and read it. Charlotte's Web? Of course. That's where my it's, joint. It's literature, but then it has little pictures in it. Yeah. I want to do it like that. Nice. That's, uh, that's what they originally called graphic novels yes. when they were competing with like the Japanese market. It's like, ah, you guys almost did it. Very close. And that's my favorite story of all time. Really? Yeah. Charlotte's Web is a great story. I loved, I loved the cartoon movie. Like, yeah, that was, that was like a, a staple of my childhood for yes. sure. Yeah. But that's the next story. And every time I die, I, I daze off and I think of verses, you know, like the sentences that they're going to say or whatever. You know, like the bird will stop you at my window. And just be looking. Look inside, you know, like that, you know. Like, what's going on, bro? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's going to see me sick. He's going to, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's a, that'll be a dope story. Yeah. That would just have be the animals that are, you know, insects and animals of the city. Just tripping. Yeah. Like, yo, something's not right, bro. Like, it out and, yeah. I know we ain't like them, but damn, you bro. Know, like, <laughs> like the bird, the bird, the bird will worry. I mean, like, did we start this? Is this part of the bird flu we had that we gave them? Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Remember when we were sick, bro? You yeah. think? Oh, that'd be crazy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the dogs, you have a little, you have a little politic meeting where the dogs yeah. accuse the, the cats accuse the rats. Exactly. You guys did it. You brought that stupid bubonic Dude, plague I'm, again. This is all in my head, bro. <laughs> all in my head, and this is what I want to do. Oh, next. I can't wait to read that. That's yeah. just going to be after, crazy. After, because I'm on, my artist, Simon uh, Henry, 
Andrew Simon in Spain, he's already sent me the first 20 pages to the spooky one. Nice. It's already written, so now I'm waiting for the other 20, and then I have an agent currently looking at it. So yeah. let's see what happens. So I'm sure there before, uh, as we, we're getting close to the end, you see that? Um, so I'm sure there are people wondering, right? Like, how or what is your process for getting your products, like your, your stories published and getting them out there, right? Like, they're obviously... I'm sure tons of able-bodied people sitting at home going, wait the fuck a second. <laughs> How do I get my stuff out there? <laughs> this man is writing with his mouth and getting published? Yeah. Nah, bro. <laughs> Perseverance is one. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. That's yeah, always the key. Take rejection as a, as a zip of water. But um, I got lucky and I, I signed on with an independent publisher. Okay. And... Uh, it's called Dark Fire Press. You can find my books there, as well as other creators there. Uh, again, it's called Dark Fire Press. Um, he took me on, and I, you know, I sent out three to three different people, and he's the first one to catch me. And I've been with him ever since. He published my The Day They Made Contact, Fuel of Life. Wow. You know, he's, you know, now I'm looking for a broader audience, which is why I'm hoping this agent takes me on and let's see what happens you know yeah uh, you know just keep going you know just keep trying because every no there's somebody out there ready waiting to say yes it's the way i see it i mean you've you've gone through it yeah regularly <laughs> yeah. i go through it regularly it'd be mad depressing sometimes yeah. but it always it always feels just as amazing like the amount of the amount of sadness you feel at every no combined together is what it feels like when you get that yes. And, and nowadays Same. it's simpler to make a book when you think about it because oh, yeah. Amazon, Amazon will put it together for you. Yep. You can so publish that joint yourself. I and just then, don't want to catch a headache doing it. So right. I let somebody else do it. Then it comes down to the marketing and the planning yeah. and all of that. And if you're not built for that, you're just not built for that. That's I'm one of the things. for writing. Yeah. I tell people that all the time. Like, listen, I get it. Our industry, like our society right now is very heavy on pushing be your own boss, be an entrepreneur, do this, do that. Like, yeah, that's amazing. But if that's not who you are, that's just not who you are. And that's okay. There's some people who are designed to be the best employee. And that's cool, because there's nothing downgrading about being an employee, bro. Like, everybody's playing their role to keep this rock working. Yeah. And that's it. That's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Somebody makes the beans. Somebody makes the can for the beans. Somebody puts the beans in the can. Like, <laughs> that's it. Somebody slaps Goya on it. <laughs> Somebody slaps Goya on it. Somebody over. puts it in the truck. Like, there's a whole system. There's a whole process. You don't have to be the boss. You just have to be happy with what you're doing with your life. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, would you say you're happy despite everything you face along the way, like where you are right now? Yeah. I'm that's happy. It. I'm content. Because you can never be too happy, but you can be content. Yep. You can be... Content of where you are. I mean, I've had friends come and go. You know, they've passed away. You know, and, and I'm 50. And Look damn young uh, for 50. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And I'm not ashamed of my gray hair. Or nothing, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to diet. I, don't want, I like showing my age because I made it this far. Yes. Whereas I was supposed to die by the age of three. Right. So, that's wild. You know, I, yeah, I and you like you said earlier, you wouldn't you wouldn't trade being able bodied for what you have now. No. Would you change anything about the experiences you went through, if you don't mind sharing something? I don't want to. No. Um, every experience you go through makes you you. Hmm. I went through an experience in high school where, because you're physically disabled, you automatically get put in special ed. Which is craziness. Yes. Which is craziness, I bro. I can't use my hands. I can't. Yes. That doesn't mean I can't think. Right. Like, <laughs> right. I went to Truman High School. Okay. And I'll never forget. They, in order for me to come out of, especially, I had to go see a psych doctor for them, in the school. You know, like a little. Wow. So the, the 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 psych whatever asked me, what's above the United States? What's on the bottom? I said sky and dirt. He asked me several times, called my parents in, assistant principal for the next day, 
My mother and my father were tight. <laughs> they were tight, but because I went to Truman High School, which is all the way on the other side of the Bronx. Yeah. And um, damn, knew, why did they put you so far too? I like that school. I, oh, okay. Back okay. then, you had to take a test to get in that school. Gotcha. Which is why I don't understand they put me in special ed. That shit is crazy. You had a special ed test right. for the, that shit is bugged. So, <laughs> so they they, you know, he asked me again, and I told him sky and dirt. And then the assistant principal was like, you know, what's the problem? And I said, oh, I'm, I forgot his name right now, the principal. I said, he's asking me what's above and what's on the ground, sky and dirt. But if he's asking me in a map, which he didn't say, he just asked that question just the way it is. It's Mexico on the bottom, Canada on top. So my father was tight. My father was like, why you didn't say that in the first place? Because he didn't ask that. He didn't ask that question. He said, right. what's above and what's on the bottom? He's that's lucky it. I didn't say God and Satan. <laughs> you know, because that's the way I was raised. But So that got him mad. And, you know, the principal was like, you know, with him you have to be specific because he didn't lie to you. So I got taken out of that. I got put into a classroom where the teacher... Computer math, I'll never forget. He wrote on all four boards on purpose. My friend was like, he's never done this. He's doing this because you're here. Wow. He's never done this. And you're handicapped and he's trying to pull you out. He's trying to pull you out. So I, I kept up. I put a pen in my mouth. I kept up. <laughs> kept it up. Kept going. I write small. He didn't think I wrote a full page. He took my paper, crumbled it up, threw it out. My friend picked it up and said, take this to the assistant principal. I took it. Assistant principal wrote it in his handwriting. He said, I don't understand him. This is, this is a little more over a page. I'm like, thank you. Did you tell him that? So instead, they moved me out of his classroom because he was wow. a real jerk. Wow. So do I regret anything in my life? No. Because that made me stronger. Absolutely. That made me mentally strong, and that made me think that you physically normal people, some of you are very close-minded. Yep. And don't... You judge a book by its cover, literally, before you can actually speak to them. Yep. You know, and this is why when I speak to people, I try to keep your attention at my face. I don't move... Like, you're moving your hands. We're not even on video and you're moving your hands to talk to me which i don't understand why That's but you normal people do that a lot we do yeah. swing them shits everywhere yeah. <laughs> and they get people don't do that we don't move yep. our hands no yeah it's one of the things that i um and it's funny because i move my hands a lot less than i used to as a kid like i i taught myself to like i don't know how i picked it up i don't know where it started but you know everybody says spanish people italian like shit like that cool if it's a cultural thing it is what it is but i started teaching myself to do it less because in a way it became an issue for me, right? Like I'm 6'3", I've, I've been six feet since I was in high school. You know what I'm saying? I was 250 pounds in high school. So I'm six feet, 250 pounds. I'm a big dude to look at. And then I'm talking to you with this deep ass voice and my hands are all over the place. Right. That's intimidating as hell. <laughs> so I had to teach myself to like be more contained. <clears throat> I talk about it a lot in <clears throat> my voice itself. Like, when I'm on a microphone, when I'm on stage, when I'm working, I'm very, very loud and projective, right? But like in a normal, casual conversation, like you see, like my voice does not yeah. push the same no. way. Like I just kind of, that's because I taught myself, like if you talk loud, people get scared. You're too big to talk loud. So you got to talk. Well, sometimes I say things and people are like, what'd you say? And I'm like, oh shit, I mean, I'm working on like, what's the appropriate volume <laughs> for this conversation? You know what I'm saying? Um, but it's crazy that you tell that story because it's like, I think another major bias we have is when we think of the struggles that handicapped people go through, I can speak for myself definitely and I can speak for like certain people I've been around. A lot of the times, I would say 90% of the time when I think about the struggle, I think about peer-to-peer -peer struggle. You know what I'm saying? I don't think about superior-to-peer struggle, right? Like your teacher is in a position of power compared to you yeah. and still finding a way to further minimize the amount of power you have compared to them, which is wild, right? Like, on a peer-to-peer -peer level, it's like, eh, it's questionable how shitty you are. Now, mind but you. But on, on that level, it's like, you're a shitty person to be doing that, bro. Like, <laughs> hey, dude's trying to learn from you. <laughs> yeah, and he, was, he didn't want to teach, you know? He's, 
He was something else. I, I didn't hate him. I, I looked at it as a learning experience. You because learn at, the end of the, at the end of the day, <laughs> my second year of high school, I got accepted to NYU. Fire. As a pre-college kid. That's amazing. And I was gaining, I was getting college points. So when I graduated, that was my first choice. And I was taking up animation and everything. And, but then my grandmother from my mother's side passed away. Mm. And I quit. I quit. I couldn't take uh, the pressure. Yeah. There was a time that I was going to school six days a week. Plus, I was taking communion class, which is another thing that I got in trouble for. Because the, I had this question about God. <laughs> if, if God made Jesus and your mother made you, who made God? Yep. Priests hated me. Priests were like, what makes you ask that? And I said, are you going to answer it, though? That's the real question. Uh, I'm are you going to answer, answer my question or not? I can, I can tell you where the question came from after I get an answer, but I, right. need, I, yeah, answer, I asked first, bro. Like, right. <laughs> he, he, he couldn't come up with an answer. Yeah. I had so many questions about religion. You know, and... and that's just, I, I, you asked me if I regret anything. No. Everything was a learning experience for me. And I loved it. Because I know that not every handicapped person is going to be me. Yeah. Maybe they're, better, maybe they're better than me. Maybe they're not. But I am content. I am, I surround myself with positive friends. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I, don't, I don't judge. So, you know, whatever you do, you do. But I'm going to do me. Exactly. You know, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that I have that in me to say, oh, I don't want to be his friend cause, or her friend because of what he or she does or, you know, is doing. Or, no, that's not or me. Or did or lived or that's none yeah, of my business. No. You cool people, you cool people. Yeah, that's it. I surround myself with positive people. My friends love me to death. So you've seen them outside. Yeah, hey, you're a great guy, bro. Yeah. That's why. You're just fun to talk to, fun yeah. to hang out with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, thank like, you. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you know, and I've always wanted to do what you do, uh, podcast. Yeah? yeah? You got to do it. What you talking about, talk man? It's about, easy. <laughs> and I got the topic, too, you know, how to be handicapped and still enjoy life. Now, would you do it as a solo show, or would you do it as, like like, like something like this where you're interviewing, or would you... And this is definitely going to spawn a follow-up question for sure. Uh, or would you do it with a group of handicapped um, people and just talk about, like, as a conglomerate, like, as a group of people have conversation around all of it? Like, the things you faced as struggles, the things that you guys benefit, that you have way more fun than we do, right? Like, I would do it like that if it's calling. Okay. Or, or if they write it. Got you. Text. And, but I don't like other handicapped people. <laughs> 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 and it's funny because like it sounds crazy to say that but it's not crazier than me saying I don't like other able-bodied people yeah. like there's plenty of them I don't like yeah like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like <laughs> certain handicapped people I stay away from because they you could tell they have something evil you know like I I believe communication is everything you know what I'm saying? If you, if you talk right, if you, if you can separate the street from regular conversation, then you got a gift. And I believe that I can, I separate that. I know how to talk to people in, in public and everything, and I know how to talk outside. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, there's certain ways, certain lingos. And, and I can do both. And I believe communication is 98% of everything. Of everything, because... If you talk to a person right, nine out of ten times, you will get the answer or what it is you want. You come at them sideways, they're going to come at you sideways. I believe respect is a two-way street. Yep. You know, and, and, I, and I look at other handicapped people, like, for example, waiting for a bus. And, you know, the driver tries to help them on or whatever because, and they get mad. They get loud. They get, you know what I'm saying? But you can't do it, so let somebody help you because you're slowing down the bus. <laughs> I get into my wheelchair and I'm a pro. The bus driver's like, I wish everybody zoop, drove. Zoop, zoop. Yeah, I, I wish everybody drove a chair like you. Yeah, but you got a fancy chair, bro. So don't stop don't playing. Hate, you saying you got hate. the comic book money chair. Don't you feel hate, me? Don't hate, <laughs> don't hate you. you. I got the you know what I'm that shit got that shit got backup camera and sound and everything. You know what I mean? I got the Batmobile. But yeah, that's man, dope. That's just, 
That's so dope. I don't like being around too many other handicapped. You see me outside. When you see me around another handicapped person? I mean, there's, I don't know if there's many of them around here. No, there aren't. <laughs> I try to stay away. There's too many. I feel like there's too many hills for this now, to be a viable space yeah, for yeah. handicapped people. And now you can see other handicapped people like me. I stay on the street. Yep. Now everybody wants to go on the street. I'm like, y'all ain't built like me. <laughs> y'all gonna get hit. Yo, you know what's really crazy is that you take the wheelchair on the street while I got to deal with bozos coming at me at a thousand miles an hour on a scooter yeah. while I'm trying to walk. Like, bro, I'm trying to go to the store and get my breakfast. I got hit I by a I don't want to get run over by a scooter right now. Like, that's not the way I want to start this day. You know, I got hit by a scooter going down the ramp on the other side. And the dude just hit my wheelchair. And I'm like, why ain't that in the street? I cursed him out. I even got up from my chair. When I got up from my chair, he got really scared. <laughs> He got scared. He thought I was going to move on him or something. Because I had my long coat on, my hands were in my pocket. I'm like, oh, dude. Got up. He was like, wait, wait, yeah, wait, yeah, wait, yeah. wait. This he is different. Bike. He said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He kept it moving. Yo. See, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. Like, that is a automobile accident, bro. Yeah. Y'all should have waited for insurance, yes. for the cops, yeah, all yeah. that. I'm sorry. I need to see your benefits. Like, I need to see your benefits paperwork. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I need to see your components right now, bro. Let's go. <laughs> We need to trade SNAP benefits here. Let's go. Oh, shit. That's the trade-off. Like, we got to see who got better benefits, and yeah, I yeah. take them. Oh, man. So, um, who would you say were the most inspirational fictional characters for you? Because I'm guessing, now that I know you're 50, you're old as dirt. You know what I'm saying? I thought you was around my age. I used age. to like you. <laughs> I used to like you, baby. But, um, no... As far as like coming up during your time, like your childhood, there wasn't a lot of, forget about handicap, there just wasn't a lot of anything available for people like us, right? Like everybody knows I'm Dominican as fuck, you know what I'm saying? So for people like us, there just wasn't anything, you know no, what I'm saying? I, so in a way, you're part of the movement that paved the way for people like me to be able to do what we do, you know what I, I mean? I've seen in every corner, there is now a ramp for you to get on and off of wheelchairs. Yeah. Back in the 80s, that wasn't there. Wow. Those things were not there. You guys was just bunny hopping that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. You had to find a, a way to get down or something, but that was not there. That's crazy. And it's such a, and, and again, it's something that like an able body, as an able bodied person, you don't think about ever. Like I never really, like the only time I actively think about it is when I'm parking. Because when I'm parking, I'm like aware, like I'm going to put a car in the middle of this thing that was clearly designed for this purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like, kind of an asshole, bro. Like, <laughs> That's what like it's not any clearer than that. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> they, they even yellow now. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> nah, but yeah, nah. And, and that, that's pretty much me, man. That must, be, that must have been frustrating. Like, having to go an extra block because... To me, it wasn't frustrating. To my father, oh. growing up handicapped as his first son, he saw all the things I couldn't do and he wanted me to do. It was frustrating for him. Yeah, I can imagine. Heartbroken. Yeah. Especially, like, like being Spanish younger, sports. Yeah. sports. I have two younger brothers one. where he didn't want to get a, a video game system because he didn't think I could play with it. But I could. I busted ass. <laughs> I bust ass still today. So, you know, I always, I, I'm the type that if I can't do something right away, I'm going to think about it until I come out with it. Yeah. My mind is stronger. That, you know, like, that's something I have that if I, if I, if I say I'm going to do something, it might not happen today, but it's going to happen. Yep. My mind is, is too strong. And that's, and that's not something that, like, I know a lot of people would, re like, I regularly assume that willpower comes with being handicapped. And I don't think that that's true. I think that it still comes down to you as an individual. Yeah. You as a person have the willpower. You as a person have the confidence, the energy, the excitement. You know what I'm saying? Your willingness to still go on and just, like you said before, like, how to live handicapped and happy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, there's no reason you should be held back. No. And we should do everything in, in our power as a society <clears throat> to try to help you fit in, but also not, to just let you fit in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that, and I think that that's what some of the frustration is for some other handicapped people that get upset. Maybe they have too many people around them that aren't letting them fit in. And they're trying too hard to accommodate for them. And I could, I could see how that would be frustrating. I mean, I've been, I've been sick before. I've had, like, my hand was broken. Right? Like, it's nowhere near what you've dealt with, but it's like, 
people trying to hand you, yeah, people trying to hand you a cup, and it's like, bro, I, I got this. Like, I can figure it out. Leave yeah. me be. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me rock. <laughs> See, I got, but I, I got good friends that if I'm in the street, like in my house, I can feed myself. Right. But in the street, I can't hold a pizza or a hamburger. Or right. But I got such good friends that they'll do it for me. And that's amazing. That's the type of, that's what you need. Everybody, I, I'm a strong believer. I say it all the time. Like, humans like can forget, be alone. They forget I'm handicapped sometimes. Right. And that's how it should be. Because you shouldn't, we shouldn't be looking at everybody's differences when we're around each other. We're just people hanging out. Yeah. Your difference doesn't matter, bro. Unless you put it on the table for us to talk about, like, that doesn't matter, bro. We yeah. just vibing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I, like, like I said, I'm a strong believer that People can be by themselves, but none of us are designed to be by ourselves. We're designed for companionship. We yes. need people around us to make us the best person you can be. You know what I'm saying? You True. can be great by yourself, but you'll never be the best version of yourself by yourself. You know, um, that's my belief. So on that note, as we wrap up this lovely episode of Self-Discovery, yes. I want you to drop the listeners three key pieces of knowledge that you think could help them on the path to finding happiness being who they are? Three key things. Surround yourself with positive people. Yep. Um, don't judge. Don't ever judge anybody because you got to judge yourself first. Mm -hmm. You're not perfect, so don't judge somebody else. And the third one, Enjoy life, because it could be here today and not and gone tomorrow. Cherish the people who are around you, because they might not be here tomorrow, with or even the next hour. So just do you in a positive way. Word, I love it. So last note: Where can your new fans find you? <laughs> I'm on Amazon, I'm on Darkfire Press, and any other digital bookstore. You know, at Barnes & Noble, you would have to go and order my book. Okay. And if you live in my area, come by, I'll sign it for you. There you go, you heard it here okay. first. If you're, in, if you're in the West Bronx or Washington Heights space, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Look Hit us up, up, and uh, I'll link you up with my boy Lou, you feel me? He'll, he'll sign the autograph for you. Look at that, amazing. <laughs> Uh, that's not the first time that's happened on an episode, so who cares? But as you guys know, it's your boy Vega at WhatUpVega. Um, you can check out anything you want about me on WhatUpVega.com or just Google Vega Montanez and you'll learn a whole bunch of stuff about me. Um, it's always a pleasure having amazing guests like Luan where I get to learn more about what it means to truly find yourself and be happy with the person you've become. So have a blessed night and thank you all. Thank you.